The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering with 28 offices along the Gulf Coast. The folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numeric modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. And now they have a brand new coastal resiliency department headed up by our very own Peter Ravella. Check them out at lja.com. We are also brought to you by Coastal Transplants. Coastal Transplants prides itself on offering specific environmental and horticultural expertise with practical firsthand knowledge of all aspects of coastal revegetation projects. Their high quality native and wetland plants, extensive agricultural and horticultural experience, along with their skilled and respectful crews, make Coastal Transplants your one-stop solution for restoring coastal ecology of your barrier island community. Learn more at CoastalTransplants.com. And we are brought to you by the Dune Science Group. Did you know that fiberglass is one of the strongest and most durable building materials in the world? That it is resistant to deterioration caused by UV light and salt water? Well, the Dune Science Group does. They offer a full slate of solutions for dune walkovers and boardwalks that are made of fiberglass and built to last. They can handle your dune walkover project from beginning to end, including permitting, design, and construction of the strongest and most durable dune walkover on the market. Learn more at the DuneScienceGroup.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the American Shoreline Podcast. Peter Ravella co-hosted the show. Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. Charleston Social Coast Forum 2020, again joined by our uh, co-host for the conference, Bill O'Byrne. Glad to be here. Thank you, Bill, for helping us out with the coverage and more smart people to talk to and more things to learn here at the Social Coast Forum. Welcoming to the American Shoreline Podcast, Margaret Allen, Senior Coastal Manager, Fellowship Program Manager for uh, the NOAA Fellowship Program. She's operates uh, with Noah through Linker, the consulting company, a contractor for the government here. And Margaret, thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I know that there's a whole bunch of fellows running around here, and I've heard a whole bunch about how smart and uh, important they are about the future of the issues we face. Unfortunately, because there are certain clearances required, uh, we were not able to get the fellows on the program. So, uh, Margaret, you're going to have to introduce us to some of the smart people you uh, work with. So, uh, for the benefit of our audience, can you give us an overview of what it is that you do in this fellowship program? Sure. So, um, this fellowship program actually started back in 1996. So, we have been doing it quite a while now. Um, and it was formed and established with a two, um, kind of a two-pronged mission, one to help recent graduates get their start in the coastal management field and um, work with a one of our partners to get on-the-job experience and to also give them some professional development and career development training. So that was one piece of it, and the other was to help our partners get a project done that they may not have had the resources and staff to get done. Um, so it was a win-win all around for um, both the fellow and the um, host state and our organization. So tell us a little bit more more about how that works. So obviously NOAA, federal agency, uh, and you're you know presiding over the United States of America, so a large area. But uh, with this fellowship program, you are partnering with uh, local or you know, I guess state and local uh, agencies and nonprofits organizations 
uh, in the placement of these fellows. How does that that's work? Right. Yeah, that's right. So um, when we started the program, um, we had it specifically geared towards our state coastal zone management programs, which would one of our key partners, one of NOAA, um, Office for Coastal Management's key partners. Um, and so we would place six fellows with those st- with those state programs each year. The states would propose a project. Um, we have gotten, um, we usually get more than the amount that we place, and we have a selection process where we narrow down that pool to the six that we do choose to host the fellows. Um, and then we work with our Sea Grant partners to actually recruit, um, and they interview and nominate students from their state for um, for these positions. Um, so then we have this, what some have referred to as the original reality TV show um, matching process where we bring all of the state hosts to Charleston and we bring 12 um, finalists, which is double the amount of the positions available, um, do a series of presentations, um, a series of interviews, and at the end of the week, um, match those fellows with their states. It sounds like it's an incredibly selective group. Do you have any statistics as to uh, how many applicants? And you know, it just I, I, it's you take six people out of the whole country. It is it is a very what, what competitive, very competitive program. Um, these we get applications from all over the country, and they are stellar. Um, I often look at them and think, I never would have made it in this program if I applied when I was in graduate school. Um, but they are really, really high quality candidates. It's a tough process to narrow down the pool to that final twelve finalist. Um, and even harder for the states to select a fellow in the end um, at the matching process. Um, but we um, we do think it's a very um, a, a big honor to be a part of this program. They've worked hard, gone through several iterations of selection. It's by the time they are selected as a fellow, and um, we really see them go on to do amazing things. I'm kind of um, like a stalker after they finish the program and try to track them and where their careers go um, in the years following their fellowships. Um, we've seen them go on to be leaders in the field, executive directors of nonprofits, CEOs of private industry, um, and managers at, at government agencies. So we've really seen them go on to um, leave this program and become leaders and um, have many testimonials from them on how the fellowship program actually really helped them launch their careers. So, Margaret, um, could you help our listeners uh, get a sense of the, the range of the types of projects that those uh, uh, fellows are working on? Yeah, sure. So um, we do ask that the host um, um, develop projects that fall in line with the strategic focus areas of the NOAA Office for Coastal Management, um, which which can be really pretty broad. Um, but a lot of them um, have ranged from everything from climate change adaptation, um, water quality issues. Um, there are a lot of um, social justice projects, focused projects now, which is um, something new we're seeing a trend toward. Um, a lot of coastal resilience, hazards resilience, um, focused projects, um, and and a lot of the things we're hearing here at Social Coast um, are a lot of the projects they're working on. So, how do you decide? I mean, lar- as one thing we've learned here is that there's a 
broad spectrum of uh, of need and um, of focus across the the coastal space of, of the American shoreline. How do you decide which areas you know you will place fellows in? Right. So we have a review panel that I I get together um, and it's made up of former fellows, current fellows, former mentors in the program. Um, we usually have a member of this coastal states organization sit on it because they're really um, they're the representative agency for the coastal state um, programs around the country and so they're really in tune with what the needs are out there. Um, we have that group get together to review them based on certain criteria. Um, and it's often, it's, it's a tough choice. It's hard to say no to some of the people because you see the critical need for the projects in almost all of the cases. Um, but we're looking at the, the need for the project, but we're also looking at the experience for the fellow. So we're looking for a fellow to be able to take a leadership position and really take on the project as their own, the fellow to be able to um, get some experience beyond just the the one thing that that's their project is focused on. Um, we're really looking for that professional development experience for the fellow all around, um, in addition to helping with this specific project. And, and Margaret, what are the states committing to when they accept a fellow? Yeah, so the states um, are committing a financial match. So there is a minimal match um, in in and funding, non-federal funding match. Um, They also are committing to mentor the fellow. So we don't actually call the person at the state the supervisor or the boss. Um, We call them the mentor. We offer them mentoring training when we match them with their fellow um, to kind of talk about what we mean by mentoring in the program and what our expectations of them are. We also do that with the fellows and talk about what being a mentee is all about and what we expect of them to be proactive in the relationship also. Um, but other than that, it's mainly um, a, a discrete project that the fellow can take a leadership role on that the state's providing. And then, of course, office space and all that kind of stuff. So the um, fellow feels like a part of their office. And, and what's the normal duration of those fellowships? They're two years. Um, so yeah, once we place the fellows, um, we do this the matching process in the spring, um, and that's usually when fellows are wrapping up their um, their their um, degrees, and they start in the at the end of the summer in August and goes two years from there. It's a substantial commitment both to the project itself, economically for the agency and for the state. So you said, I think, that the fellows are master's degrees or better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not talking about undergraduate here, two-year commitment. And you mentioned that the states have to help pay the bill, so they're obviously getting paid. Is it too crass to ask how much does a fellow get paid in this program? Not at all. Um, it's uh, publicly available out there on the website when we advertise the projects. Um, I am happy to say we were just able to implement a pretty substantial raise this year. Um, I did a, a big um, kind of comparison with other fellowship programs that are comparable to ours and made a what I guess is was a good case for um, giving them a little bit more money. Um, so they they start at forty two thousand um, a year, and then based on where they are, um, because we found in the past we, the the overall mission of the program stayed the same since the beginning, but we've tweaked along the way based on feedback from fellows and our and our hosts. 
Um, in the second year, they actually are given a cost of living adjustment based on where they're located so that the fellow who might be in Sandusky, Ohio, where the cost of living is not all that high, isn't making the same as the one in San Francisco. There's a little bit um, of a bump for that person in a big city. Makes sense. So for all of you uh, folks in graduate school in coastal sciences, coastal sociology, the tremendously broad spectrum of disciplines that is involved in coastal management, this is a cool opportunity 42k couple of years uh, a management position really leadership position with mentoring Uh, so if i were uh, trying to tell my son hey why don't you look at this program how does he find out about it and how would a well person of interest find out about how to become a fellow right so our um we we have it on our website NOAA office for coastal management's website we do um, partner with a lot of universities um, to advertise the program, and our main way of advertising is through the Sea Grants and the Sea Grant universities. Um, often, um, those are in the coastal states, and they have programs specifically geared towards coastal management and things related. Um, but just like you said, it's a plethora of types of degrees that these fellows come from. It's it's not all hard sciences or natural sciences. There's more economists and sociologists and things like that coming um, and offering great things to these projects. And you got to be a badass. Look at <laughs> they take six of them. I love it. I love it. It's a great opportunity, but but you got to be a badass, baby, because this is six out of the country. It is a it's a very selective group. Yeah. Now, can we go back to the uh, the most in like uh, inner t- the first reality show concept here? <laughs> so in Charles, you convene a panel and I mean, this just sounds like high drama. So we got to talk about it on the pod. Uh, yes, we should. You're you're uh, so you. You've collect how many applications do you get a year? Um, so typically, um, when so the candidates apply through their local Sea Grant. Um, sea Grants can only submit up to three to us. Um, okay, four so you guys, years. there's already a filter process before you even get them. Before we even get them, which we are so grateful to Sea Grant for doing. Um, so we typically get any. Um, Around 50, I would say, average when we, because there are 33 Sea Grant programs. Not every one of them is um, submits as many as they're allowed to. But we go from about a, um, a pool of 50 when they get to NOAA, narrow that down to 12 with our smaller review panel. Um, yeah, and just to get to that, you're right, badass comes to mind. You have to stand out. Um, your application has to... Um, you know, be right on target with the types of things we're looking for. Um, you have to have some experience with and show, show an initiative that you're interested in coastal issues before um, before you apply. And so it's um, it holds true as they are placed and I get to know them through the two years. I think the, the title stands. They are definitely um, a a mammer jammer group of kids. <laughs> no question about it. And you know, I, I obviously it's it's uh, 
the limitations of the program are the limitations. There's only so many positions. Back in '96, when this was it was was this an act of Congress that started the uh, the fellow fellowship program, or how, what? What are the origins of this uh, program? Yeah. So it was um, an idea of the Office for Coastal Management. Um, I think director and some of the management team there. We used to be called the Coastal Services Center at that time, and so um, it was sort of the brainchild of a group of the management there that was involved in. Um, we really were called the Coastal Services Center because we wanted to offer services and um, help to these coastal zone management agencies around the country. And um, we thought, we heard their feedback of what really would help us is some additional resources in the form of a person that can go out and do some stuff for us. We need more staff. We need more brain power, we need energy, we need someone to help us do these things. And so um, I, I think that's one of my favorite parts about working with the program is that I really see the difference it makes when these fellows go out there and actually work on these issues and are really making a difference even right out of school at their host organizations. And then I see it impact their lives and the fellows, you know, really get a, a leg up in the industry and, um lots of times get hired on by their host organizations and sometimes um, you know have their pick of a lot for a lot of the positions they're got they get offered afterwards well as we come to the end and Margaret uh, thank you very much for joining us and talking about this it, really great program uh, it's it, this is a question that is completely unfair to anyone who has uh, the uh, fiduciary you know responsibility for a number of people over the years but uh there's got to be one or two favorites, one or two uh, fellows that really stood out and made contributions that it went beyond what you had hoped and expected. Uh, can you tell, tell us a little bit about your all-stars? Um, of course, they're all all-stars. They are so all we'll do that part. stars in the, my heart. The, the best of the best of the best yes. Yeah, we're talking about. Um, and we do a lot of, um, like I mentioned, me stalking them for the long haul. We do a lot of just reaching out to them to get testimonials and to tell um, fellows and potential um, potential fellows who are thinking about doing the program, you know, this is what they've gone on to do. So this could be you. Right. Um, one of the things. Um, so there's a fellow that was predates me, even Chad Nelson, who um, sticks out in my mind. He's the CEO of Surfrider Foundation. So really has gone on to you know run that international organization and um, really succeed in the in the field and something he's passionate about um he's a great one um we had a great fellow in massachusetts wesley shaw who's actually here this week who did um a storm smart coast um kind of um website that was one of the first um kind of a um, community of practice helping people share stories um and went on to actually start his own company and do that in several other states after he completed his fellowship um, and still is doing doing that to this day. Um, so seeing successes like that where it's actually your fellowship project that you're then promoting and taking other places is a huge benefit because then we've got, you know, our, our money's going really far because we're taking what was already created with this fellowship and, and re redoing it other places. Yeah, I want to just say that 
I'm, I was interested in the origin and you know it's clearly a great investment and uh, I just think it's so I think it's a it's such a smart program uh, we were talking to Ginger just a few moments ago and she just kept hammering like this is the next group of leaders this is the future this is the future and it it is true and um, you know just as a personal we have a, a show on the network our, our audience will be familiar with it it's called the sea change podcast uh, hosted by Jenna Valente and much of the many of her episodes are dedicated to um, kind of the career process of uh, people who are trying to get into coastal and marine conservation jobs and it is really hard and she'll talk about do you get a master's degree or do you not get a master's degree do you get do an internship how do you what, what if you don't make money how do you get your health insurance so on and so forth and um what's clear is that these fellowship programs while certainly highly competitive um they provide opportunities for highly motivated young people and you know people who are com- who are re- recently graduated um, from master's and PhD programs, um, just a, a a really great way to give people entree into uh, this area of work, and it is hard. I, I have many friends right now who would love to get a job, to be able to get paid to work in this area, and it is just it's just difficult. There's a line around the block for many of these jobs, and mm-hmm. it's a hard space to understand. It's a hard it's a hard space to understand where these jobs are. Um, so thanks to Jenna Valente and the Sea Change Podcast for shedding light on it. And thank you to you and your program. Yeah. Uh, because I think that, man, I just it's clear that this group of badasses you guys put out into the world are doing amazing things. Well, thank you. And I um, I did want to mention, so it was it has been such a successful program um, that recently in 2012, we expanded it to also have our Digital Coast partners be um, hosts. And so that's a group of eight nonprofit organizations that help us at OCM um, kind of craft what our priorities are and the products we develop and what we um, kind of what our outputs are on the digital coast, which is one of our main um, platforms and delivery mechanisms for all of our products and services. Um, And so now um, the fellows, now we have nine fellows every other year. So we place three of those every other year with organizations like the Nature Conservancy, the Coastal States Organization, the Association of State Floodplain Managers, the National Association of Counties, the National State Geographic Information um, Council. So other um, opportunities to work in the nonprofit realm um, are what we've expanded it to. And I'm, I'm always looking at what, what the next expansion can be because I think this is a great opportunity for students. Woo! <laughs> Sounds like a great opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. Margaret Allen, who's the Senior Coastal Manager, the NOAA Fellowship Program. She operates with the agency through Linker. Uh, you can find out more about this fellowship program on the website. And where do they go? coast.noaa.gov slash fellowships. And it pays 42000 right now. It goes up in the second year. It's highly competitive and it sounds super duper. So for young professionals out there, find Margaret Allen. She'll help you find your future. Thank you very much for being on the American Shoreline Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good.